0: Welcome into the 11 Dubcast presented by the Dry Goods store at 11warriors.com. Bo and Johnny, and boy, have we had about a 42, 72 hours. I'm going to try and just go through everything the way that I remember it chronologically happening. And then you <laughs> jump in if I miss anything, It's in, it's entirely possible that I will. So okay. can, if any time I you go, oh, no, you know, you forgot we you forgot we fired this coach or hired this coach. So this is the way I remember it starting Friday. Justin Fields to Ohio State. Okay. (laughs) Sounds right. Alex Grinch leaves Ohio State for Oklahoma. Right. Urban Meyer, Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields at an Ohio State hoops game. Right. Still okay?
1: Yeah, everything sounds good.
0: Also at an Ohio State hoops game in the 100 level. Yeah. Not not with a crew. Not with a crew. Not with a crew. Greg Madison. Hired by Ohio State from Michigan. (laughs) This is Monday now. Jeff Hathaway hired as co-defensive coordinator from the San Francisco 49ers. Dwayne Haskins goes pro. And scene. Is that it? Starting Friday, 10 o'clock until Monday at 4 o'clock?
1: The only thing I would add to that is Larry Johnson getting promoted to associate head coach.
0: Okay, when did that happen? After that asking. happened
1: like five hours ago, as of this. Okay,
0: so LJ to associate head coach, which is basically a way for them to just pay him more.
1: Right. Okay. All right. So, sure and Ben Victor says he's staying, but that's eh, you know, I,
0: come on, Ben, what are we talking about? Let's we say, got a lot going on today. Right. Ben, we got a lot of We got a lot <laughs> going on today. I, I, you know, we're not going to get to you going pro. Of course, you're coming back. All right. Let's let's right. settle down. Let's <laughs> take these. In the order of appearance. So let's start with the Justin Fields news. Yes. This, on its own, is a podcast, right? This kid yeah. now on campus, he is the highest. This blows my mind, and I don't I don't understand all of how the 24-7 rankings work uh, for the recruiting. This is the highest-rated recruit Ohio State has ever landed, and the kid's like the 7th or 8th highest-rated recruit ever, which is – I can't even wrap my head around that. That makes almost no sense to me. But apparently he is. He's here. Um, uh, Haskins's comments about him on Friday were glowing. Six three two thirty. 230. In the words of Haskins, freak of nature athlete, great kid, big arm, all of the things that you would want. Um, this is the kid who was originally, of course, committed to Penn State, then goes to Georgia. He's gonna get to play right away. I'm certain of that, because I think the, there's no way the NCAA is gonna not allow him based on the racial incident that happened at Georgia uh last fall. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden. Uh, Ohio State has an heir apparent to Dwayne Haskins. Now, all of a sudden, they also have Tate Martell still on campus, as is Matt Baldwin, but Martell is the one that I don't know how he's going to respond to this in the long term. Um, There had been whispers about this for weeks. It seemed during the bowl practice that it was a fait accompli that it would happen, but you still have to wait until the ink has dried. It has, and Justin Fields is an Ohio State bucket.
1: Yeah, and, and the thing is, Justin Fields. I mean, I, maybe Ohio State fans aren't quite as acquainted with their with his game as maybe you would be if you're a Georgia fan or somebody. But he is his tape, at least, suggests a guy who is essentially Braxton Miller and Dwayne Haskins in terms of the skill set, kind of combined. I mean, this guy he did not play super super high level uh opponents in high school so you look at his right. tape and he's like carrying his team on his back which i would add is pretty much exactly what braxton miller did when he was in high school braxton miller didn't yeah wayne a good team at all uh and he was a guy just like dragging them to state championships or you know to championship games and stuff like that um but he is he is a complete player he i think he deserves whatever rankings that he was getting from the recruiting services at recruiting wise you know, when he was up for it, he was the real deal. This isn't a guy who I think was inflated uh, just because, you know, people wanted to say, like, this is the hot guy for this year. He is a legitimate, incredibly talented player. And this changes a lot in the yeah. Big Ten. And I don't think people have really appreciated that. I agree with you. I think he's going to get the hardship waiver. I-, I think the NCAA, the NCAA has been a lot more lenient on those recently. And given the incident where people are yelling racial epithets at him and whatnot, Um. Yeah, I I can't see him getting denied a year, but man, what a crazy storyline for the next two or three months. This is this is gonna be the most interested I've been in spring ball, maybe ever, because this is not like.
0: You well, know, now watch your hyperbole. Decision. Like we had a we had a spring with JT and Cardell and yeah, Braxton. Yeah.
1: But that's not so here's the thing because I, I agree with you. That is a that's a coaching decision, and that's a big important thing. But I don't think there was any kind of animosity or like drama between those no, two that's guys. A good point. I think I think those two guys were like, you know what? However it shakes out, we're still gonna be buddies, we're gonna have each other's back. I don't know that that dynamic exists between Tate Martell and Justin Fields at the moment, and that's might what be I more to talk like Zwicky and bit. Troy. Yeah, yeah,
0: it is. Be more
1: it like is. that. Yeah, and and it's been a long time since we've had that kind of uh, maybe contentious or you know tense sort of situation around the the quarterback uh, room. So I, I just you know it, it's going to be really fascinating. They're two totally different quarterbacks, and I think one guy has the inside track, and I think the other guy thinks he should have the inside track, but he doesn't have the inside track. And it's it's going to be fun to watch it uh, play out over the next you know three or four months here.
0: I have I have no idea what Tate Martell has been like 2 years as a Buckeye. Like I don't know yeah. if he's putting in the work. I don't know if he knows the playbook left and right. I don't know any of that. All I know is is that there is part of me that feels bad for him sure. as a human being. Yeah. Because this was his. Right? Now, if he didn't do everything in his power or if they misidentified him as a prospect or whatever, this is a clear sign though that they do not they did not believe that he was good enough mm-hmm. and they didn't want him to be the only option. So that's, that's what this is. This is a clear sign of that. And it's a stunning turn of events. I mean, the idea that fields would somehow be it at Ohio state now. And after this is the, of course the class when Ohio state has Emory Jones committed the entire time. And then he, at the last minute decides to go to Florida and then Ohio state says, well, we didn't really want him anyway. And then you end up with Matt Baldwin fields is behind Trevor Lawrence, the number two player in that class. And now he's on campus here. It's just hard to wrap your head around how quickly that all happened. Um, I'm going to take these a little out of events. So one of the other things was urban at the basketball game with Haskins and fields and Martell in the (laughs) one hundreds. I mean, if you don't know, like what, I don't understand. Then I don't even know. By the way, like, I'm sorry, I not to
1: sorry to interrupt, but that's one of the things that I just, I, again, I'm not necessarily on tape Martell's side in terms of who I think should be starting, but I just feel like that's such a dick move. How do you feel about that? Because that was something that actually kind of well, made me.
0: Was, I, I, I think it's um, you. It's it's like it's like finding it's like dating a girl for two years and then a week before homecoming, finding somebody hotter to take you and then taking her <laughs> and then waving at her as she's, you know, going. What are they going right. Dutch or whatever? I mean, that's that's what that is. I mean, it's, that's got to be pretty painful. Not to get for, too for personal, tape,
1: bro, but that exact scenario played out with my senior homecoming. And I was the girl in that case. And it's not fun. It's not a fun experience.
0: Did you upgrade or were you the one left? No, I was duck?
1: going stag, man. I was, I was, I was stag in your case. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And in retrospect, it was fine. But, you know, I'm like, I'm not hurting about it. But at the time, I was pretty pissed off.
0: That's pretty traumatic, man. Yeah. yeah so, I mean... I can't imagine being Tate Martell in this scenario. I can't imagine what it was like. And that kid lives on Instagram. So I'm sure yeah. he knew within six seconds of of them being there that they were there. And then there was all the back and forth between Tate and Haskins about, hey, big bro, hey, little bro, all this stuff. Maybe that was all just bullshit. I don't know. I mean, it yeah. just seems crazy to me the way that this has all transpired. And and Haskins' relationship with Fields has been a big part of this, right? Sure. Because Fields came here sight unseen. It's yeah. not like he was he didn't come here in recruiting. Um, and he basically had to, and he's come in sight unseen with Ryan day. He's got no relationship with Ryan day or next to none. And, and he's committing his future to him based, I think almost entirely on Haskins recommendation.
1: Yeah. Which is, I mean, you know, the guy is clearly like, I think qualified. I, 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 let me put it this way. I think that Justin Fields, any college program would love to have him on campus. Uh, but I will, but I will say like, and this is a lot of people are like, wow, why is Tate Martell, like, you know, talking all this stuff? Why is he saying like, you know, I've put in the work cause he has put in the work. And and frankly, I don't, I don't
0: think that well, Tate we Martell think he is has to be fair. Guy, yeah. we don't know that. I don't know how hard he's practicing. I don't know if he knows the playbook. I sure. I don't know that, you know, that to be fair, we don't know that.
1: Right. But I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but sure. I, honest, but honestly, like what I would say is that if I'm Tate Martell, I would probably have the same reaction. You know what I mean? Like, I would probably... Sure would. Yeah. Because, and, that, and that's where I relate to it. Because I would feel just as, you know, wronged and not necessarily angry, but just saying, look, this is my place. This is... This, you got to come in here and actually, like, prove yourself a little bit. I have no problem with him, you know, voicing that on Twitter, Instagram, or anything like that.
0: No, I... No, I, I think it's fine. I just think, like... It speaks to, I think both of these kids, I don't know the name of it. It's one of our listeners will know for sure within two seconds, but there's an Amazon series about these kids, these quarterbacks. And I think it's like QB one or something like that. And the Mm -hmm. first year Martell's featured and the second year it's fields. So these kids have been put on a pedestal from a very young age. And, and then how do you, in the recruitment, they're told they're the greatest. Do you remember the lengths? Of course, I know that you do. I'm asking you know, of course you know you remember this. The lengths Urban would go to make it seem like Martell was competing with Haskins for the job.
1: <laughs> yeah, you of course. that absurdity? Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, like, yeah. come on. Like he was competing with Haskins in August. Haskins is going to be the number one pick in the draft. Now this kid sitting in the 300 levels while they bring in a transfer. Right. You tell me three months ago? Now he's a kid. He doesn't know any better. He probably thinks yeah. he is competing for the job. It's just a dirty business.
1: It is. It's a little bit it of is, a dirty man. business. It is. And that's, you know, that's the unfortunate fact of when you've ba- you're basing your entire operation on wins and losses and, you know, you're not always going to do the, the nicest thing and this isn't necessarily a nice thing, but I also think that Justin Fields is the kind of player that could potentially evolve into something that you just can't, you can't pass that up when you're given the opportunity. And if Good Dwayne Lord. Haskins, yeah, if Dwayne Haskins can cultivate that relationship into, you know, another ridiculously talented and, you know, Game altering Ohio State quarterback. I'm not exactly going to complain about that. I, I think Dwayne Haskins. No, he could
0: end up being like Kyler Murray. I yeah, mean, the last he two Heisman could. winners are the last two Heisman winners are transfers. Baker right. and Kyler Murray. So, you know, he could absolutely do that. And um, it's it's a, it's just a stunning turn of events. So I'm going to take this next thing that happened out of order too, because it will wrap up this quarterback conversation. Right. And that is the news that Dwayne Haskins goes pro. So this is to the surprise of nobody. But what is what I do find interesting about this is that Dwayne Haskins had the single greatest statistical season in the history of the Big Ten, the single greatest statistical season by a 1,000 miles at Ohio State. He is the most pro-ready Ohio State quarterback since Schleister, who was a top-five pick. Um, and, and Dwayne Haskins has been overshadowed by stuff that has happened off the field at every turn. His entire season was overshadowed by the coaching stuff with Urban and the off-field stuff with Zach and Courtney Smith the day that he was announced the night before he was announced a finalist for the Heisman, the next day at seven 30 in the morning, urban Meyer announced he was leaving Ohio state. Right. And today he decides to go pro when Ryan day decides to hire 17 coaches. Like this <laughs> kid can't even have a day.
1: <laughs> that sucks. It just sucks so bad. Suck. Cause he's, he's had the greatest statistical season and one of the most insane mind bending things that we've seen from a high state quarterback. And you're right. Like he just gets upstaged by ridiculous crap at every turn. And it's, it's unfortunate. Um, I mean, it's not unexpected. Everybody knew that the dude was going to be going pro it, yeah. people who tried to insist to in me. I had a couple of buddies who are like, no, you don't know, man. Like he just loves a high state. I'm like, yeah, That's but I bet right. he loves $30 million more. So like, yeah, it, it wasn't a shock. Uh, but man, yeah, this, he needs to have a day. He needs to be able to have an acknowledgement of how awesome he was. And I hope it, at least he gets it, uh, you know, yes. when he gets drafted, but you know, who knows maybe when he gets drafted the same day, like Ryan day hires 15 more coaches and they expand. I don't know what the hell, right. happened, but I don't know. I just, I hope he gets the acknowledgement that he deserves for having as crazy as a season as he just had.
0: And the irony of course, of all of it is, is if Dwayne Haskins isn't great. Ryan day is not your coach. Sure, yeah. That's if Dwayne Haskins was true. If Dwayne yeah, Haskins because- was anything other than five thousand yards and fifty freaking touchdowns, Ryan Day is not the coach at Ohio State, right? They would have done gets a search. All the credit for that, of course, he gets all the credit for it. Yeah, most of it. Oh, did you see the offense? Did you see what Haskins did? Look what he got out of Haskins. What if Haskins right. is great? What if he's just a super? I mean, Dwayne Haskins very well may be the number one pick in this year's NFL draft. He yeah. very well might be. Teams will trade up to get him They're The Redskins, the Giants and the Jaguars all need a quarterback. They could all trade up to Arizona to get it. And they may go get him. I would not be surprised if they did. He's not going any lower than I wanted to.
1: Like he's 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 definitely top 10.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So So it just stinks for him like that. He couldn't have, you know, a day. I mean, he didn't he really didn't get any. He was. I think if I think his whole season was overshadowed or he would have finished, although it was a great Heisman class. Um uh, yes. but he didn't get as many first place votes as I anticipated, just because I think people outside of us didn't watch it.
1: Right. And that's and that's a, and and again, maybe that's uh, you know, a reflection of how Ohio State was presented in general during the season. Um I mean they showed that's what I think really made me upset, is because it's not just the fact that I've seen the same Dwayne Haskins, little Dwayne, you know, hanging out at the, at the Woody, oh, you know, athletic yeah. Center. know, it's not just that I've seen that video 5,000 times already. It's also the fact that it's the only video that they would show about Dwayne Haskins. They weren't showing the, the Heisman moments or the other things that they could have been doing to build him up during the season. And that, that sucks. That sucks because he deserved well, better.
0: Part of that is usually a quarterback is that good is around more than one year. So you right. show the little Dwayne stuff in their shirt freshman year. And then by the time they're a redshirt sophomore, you don't see it. Because usually players of his talent don't sit. Right. I mean, there aren't yeah. many who have sat. Kyler Murray had to sit, but he was behind Baker. Like, there aren't many of Dwayne Haskins' talent that have had to sit. So that's the reason that you saw all the little Dwayne is because that's the best way to introduce him to people who don't watch Ohio State every week. Is say, look at this story. This kid's only wanted to be the Ohio State quarterback forever. And then he actually did it yeah. because not everybody watched him every week. you know. So that's right. why they do stuff like that because nope, they had to keep introducing you to who Dwayne Haskins was because nobody knew who he was.
1: Well, and the, the team itself wasn't talking him up nearly as much as they probably could have been either. But that's well,
0: no. And a lot of that falls at the feet of Urban Meyer, <laughs> Correct. who refused to be publicly, pers- publicly uh, you know, pat on the back for Dwayne. At any time he was asked about Dwayne would talk about others all the time.
1: (laughs) Including Tate Martell.
0: Oh, my God. Including (laughs) Tate Martell. Do you remember, like, um, it's it's crazy how how that all worked. Do you remember when Urban, like, put out the statements? Like, he would randomly just put out statements because he was worried about, like, ESPN or social media about the Zach Smith stuff? Yeah. Like, there'd be no rhyme or reason to it, and he'd put out a statement. where you would do an interview with Rinaldi, and it was like, you don't need to do any of that. Right. Just let it go. And he wouldn't. And all of that, I think, took away from Haskins. I think there was Ohio State fatigue, and nobody really wanted to hear anything what Ohio State had to say. And in the meantime, you missed one of the great seasons of all time. A lot of people around the country did. I know I didn't, but a lot of people around the country did. The fact that he finished with 50 touchdowns, there's only four other guys to have more touchdowns than him ever. And he played at Ohio State. Not Hawaii, (laughs) not Texas Tech, not Houston. He played at Ohio State. It's like him and Sam Bradford in terms of guys who played at big time schools right. to throw for 50 touchdowns. And that's that's crazy. It,
1: we're going to look back on this and it's just going to be one of the most insane. I mean, it's really it's I say it's a blip not to denigrate or say that it's not significant or difficult or important, but just because it's so unusual that I think people are going to look about this season in the future and go, what the hell happened? <laughs> like, how did that how did that happen? For that you season, when, and, maybe, and maybe we'll look at Ryan Day and say he's the guy who changed Ohio State football in terms of how it plays offense, and that was just the beginning of you know many quarterbacks who did that, but that, it is just so wholly unprecedented for Ohio State football over the years that it just, it blows my mind, and I don't know, you know what, I, at least I'm going to appreciate it, I know you're going to appreciate yeah. it, I know the people listening to this are going to appreciate it. Uh, I just wish it was more of a, a national thing. But he'll get his. He'll get his in the NFL, and the dude's yeah. going to be, you know, worth tens of millions of dollars. and will be great.
0: Yeah, he he's a comet. He's a yeah. comet is what he is. And it's much like that happened with Malik Hooker, where he just came out of nowhere and was the best safety in the country. Right. And you go, well, where where the hell was this kid? You know, <laughs> right. and the same exactly. thing happened with Haskins. Like, that. It's, just, it's a shame the way that that happened. You said something interesting, and this leads us into the coaching conversation when you said this would be the first in a long line of Ryan Day changing Ohio State offensively. I think the hiring uh, of Yurkich certainly follows in that line because when you get a guy from Oklahoma State who they love to spin it, and I, I think what, what happened this year with Ryan Day and Haskins is Ohio State changed from a spread-read option power run team to a throw-the-ball-over-the-field team. I think it happened yeah. before our eyes, and I think you're gonna see, um, I think you're going to see much more what Ohio State's going to be going forward is much more similar to what you see from Oklahoma and what you see from Oklahoma State and West Virginia than historically what you saw from Ohio State.
1: Right. No, I would agree with that. And that's, you know, what I think is cool about that is that I think Ohio State fans will begin to understand that as long as you have a, and I always harp on this, and I've, I've said it so many times on this podcast, but if you have an idea, if you have a concept, if you have a theme for what you're trying to do, and you can execute it effectively. It doesn't really matter what it is. You just have to be able to know who you are and do what you do well. And Jurch, uh, Ryan Day, Brian Hartline, those guys are all going to be on the same page. And they're going to be yeah. able to put those players in positions to score a lot of points. Now, again, I think the running game needs to be figured out a little bit. I think they need to do some more creative things with the running game. I saw a lot of really good stuff out of teams that are traditionally like you know, not the RPO stuff, but spread teams that do throw it around a lot who were getting some really cool, creative concepts worked in with the running game that I think Ohio state can incorporate, but you know, it's, it's okay to change. It's okay to have a different uh, concept of what you want to do offensively, as long as you just execute it and everybody's on the same page. And with this coaching staff, and especially with guys like Brian Hartline are getting these wide receivers to just do insane things. I think it's going to be successful. I I don't see why it wouldn't be because they did so well in the big 10 this season, even with, you know, kind of a jumbled staff and some other things going on in the background. And again, you've got this mind bending quarterback to facilitate all that, but you've also got the coaching staff that I think can help make sure that, that it runs smoothly. And I think you're going to see that for the next, you know, however many years Ryan day sticks around.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a new day, so to speak. Um, All right. Let's, let's now attack, Uh, this, this coaching situation. And let's start with uh, Alex Grinch leaving on Friday and the utter shock that that was for me. Um, I did not see that coming. Um, I don't know enough about the recruiting stuff. And I, one thing that bothers me is afterwards when people say, oh yeah, he wasn't a great recruiter. Okay. I, I mean, who knows, who knows if he was or wasn't. All I know is, is when he was hired by Urban Meyer, the idea was that he was going to replace Greg Ciano, who was going to be the head coach of Tennessee. right? And that, uh, that Alex Grinch was an up-and-comer. He was an Ohio native who had fixed Washington State's defense, and he was going to be the future. It was going to be Urban Meyer at the top of the program with Day and Grinch on each side. These are the two young blood coordinators, Urban at the top, and away we go. Now, it never materialized, but I never thought that he would not be a part of the future of Ryan Day's program. So the news that he goes to Oklahoma
1: was yeah. a bit of a shock to me. Yeah, I wasn't surprised at the general coaching turnover. What I was surprised was that, at least on that particular position, that it went down the way it did. Because I think Greg Schiano, I mean, he, he's gone anyway, right? Greg Shiano's he's looking towards yeah. the NFL and all these other things, which, you know, good for him. He do whatever he wants. But I would have thought that, you know, assuming Greg Schiano was going to move on, that you would be able to convince Alex Grinch – to stay on, instead, uh, I don't think you know Ohio State fans or maybe even people on the coaching staff are able to go to handle on what he does because I who you can't tell if the guy's a good recruiter not because he's only been around for like a season like you can't how do you right. how do you evaluate anything that he's capable of doing so that right. to me seems like kind of a wasted opportunity uh, I you know. I think he's a good coach. I think he's proven in the past that he's a good coach, but you have no idea what he could have done at Ohio state because now he's not here anymore. And he probably didn't have a lot of opportunity to incorporate what he wants to do while he was at Ohio state. So, you know, the guys that they're bringing in, I mean, we're going to talk about that, but it does feel like the loss of Alex Grinch is a bit of a missed opportunity just because of the way that it played out. Weird, right? Yeah. No succession plan. Like it didn't, it didn't work out the way you would expect it to work out. If you have this smooth, idea about what's going to happen and maybe that's because urban meyer's gone maybe that changes a lot of stuff but yeah it was very odd
0: yeah i thought it was as well and then uh that is followed up with the news this morning that greg Madison is hired at ohio state from michigan it's fantastic now now this on its own makes no damn sense to me at all either <laughs> it doesn't so madison was not he was not the defensive coordinator at Michigan. This was, as we've said a thousand times, a Dan, Don Brown defense. Um, he hasn't been the defensive coordinator at Michigan for a while. He's 69 years of age. Now, there's yeah. a familiarity with Madison and Day going back to urban staff at Florida in 06. Um, so maybe Day just wants like a veteran voice. And if you listen to Ryan Day's let, let note that he wrote about Shiano, like how appreciative he was of Shiano and how much he will miss him and Shiano going back to the NFL which had to happen. I mean, once the Tennessee thing happens at that point, <laughs> excuse me, Shiano's not going to be hired to coach, be a head coach for a college team. So if he wants to be a head coach again, which that's a, that's a whole nother shame. But if he wants to be a head coach again, it, it had to be in the NFL. But this is not where I thought they would go, is is to hire a 69-year-old defensive line coach from Michigan.
1: <laughs> well, what's crazy about Madison, I mean, you're right, he's almost 70, right? And he was at Michigan once, he left Michigan to go to, I believe, Notre Dame. Right, goes back to Michigan, and now leaves Michigan again for Ohio State. Greg Madison been around since the Brady Hoke uh, days, and he was, you know, I think pretty well respected. But this to me is such a weird. Like this is what I love about this entire storyline that we've been following for the past like week of all these changes and people coming in and out is this to me is probably the funniest one now if if Washington another one of uh Michigan's defensive uh coaches ends up coming to Ohio State which there are some you know rumblings and people talking about the possibility of that happening that would really be hilarious but I think this is I don't know how much impact this will have on the overall you know defensive side of the ball at ohio state just in general because i think if you want to like an older you know statesman you know mentor type i think you've got larry johnson already on staff who can do and an they coach the same already. position group yeah which i don't under, i don't get that either like what kind of responsibilities are you really asking this guy to take on because you're not having larry johnson not coach defensive line anymore right I well mean, did you hear
0: all this stuff about how M- madison was like key in the harrison recruitment
1: yeah yes yeah, like, so I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, you just
0: connect all those dots that this is all about getting a kid from Olin Tangy? I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, it's, he's great, it, right? I mean, he's great, sure. but I don't know. I, that. How, well, how
1: long me. do you expect, let me ask you this, how long do you expect a guy like Greg Madison to stay on Ohio State staff? He,
0: well, I mean, he's 69, so I mean, how yeah. much longer are you, you going to be, you know, out there recruiting it? You That's so I'm saying. Like,
1: I to me, maybe this is just like a one or two year. All right, let's get him on staff. Let's get a couple guys that he's been talking to, you know, into the he's recruiting.
0: coordinator, though. Yeah, I. Well, that would allow you to pay him though. A lot. Yes, it would. It would. Well, maybe. Maybe you connect all those dots. I don't know. And then the <laughs> other coordinator, which came later in the day, was Jeff Halfley. Yeah. Now, of the names that I thought I would see there this isn't a name I was familiar with upon hire. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought there was a pretty good chance that Marcus Freeman would be one of the people that was hired. Now Ryan day has no familiarity with, with Marcus Freeman. And this is part of the deal when you hire Ryan day, who has no ties to Ohio and no ties to Ohio state until two years ago. So this is the the deal. Like he doesn't know Marcus Freeman from Marcus Peters. You know, it doesn't mean (laughs) anything to him. You know, he knows he played here maybe, but there's not like there's any sort of, connection or anything like that there's not and coaching is about hiring people you trust and obviously day feels like he can trust madison and and now here's halfley now halfley comes from the 49ers where he was a secondary coach um i was in cleveland today doing my radio shows and he was a secondary coach with the cleveland browns who was beloved who the players thought so highly of and really respected and thought was brilliant and and everybody i talked to in cleveland today was like this guy has is one of the bright minds. He will crush recruiting. So I can tell you that, but I can't tell you much else.
1: <laughs> and I think that's the theme, right? Like it's a lot of this is we we know a lot of these guys by reputation, but there isn't a an established pipeline necessarily where it's like, okay, well, this guy's been, you know, in the works for years or he's he was a GA and then he became a positional coach and now he's gonna be a coordinator. It's it's really Fun for me, I guess, not necessarily because I am super convinced that all these guys are going to work out and be incredible coaches, but because this is such a new thing. And, and one of, I really believe this, I think one of Urban Meyer's greatest... um I think one of the things that helped him a lot and one of his greatest failings was the same thing, which is his over-reliance on familiarity. He knew a lot of incredible coaches that he was able to bring in and help him develop his teams offensively and defensively, guys who went on to be head coaches in their own right, incredible coaches in their own right at other places. Uh, But he also brought in guys who were just not qualified. But he brought them in because he knew these dudes, and he was cool with them being on the team because – he was comfortable with it and it was well, isn't a Davis the or, only
0: one he did that though with
1: just well i mean David. i guess that's fair i mean it was could,
0: unqualified
1: yeah I, I mean unqualified is probably a strong word for a lot of these guys but not i guess the the point that i'm saying is is that this is a much more of a patchwork staff than what you would see under urban meyer in terms of like you know guys that are just let's find a highly qualified guy, get him in, and then you know see what pans out. There isn't, it, it feels like there aren't a lot of connections. You know, I mean? Ryan Day's from New Hampshire. You're not going to get a lot of guys right. in his coaching tree that he's going to be able to pull from and say, okay, I worked with this guy, I worked with this guy. There's none of sure. that. And so you've got right. all these disparate coaches from all over the country, and I just think it's fascinating. I, I just think it's really cool to see how these guys will end up working together.
0: It is. It's a, this is a, an incredible incredible turn of events Yeah. <laughs> what we've seen in the last 48 72 hours and right. it's not done I mean I you know no who knows not where else stretch. this could go yeah you have no idea I mean you could have a new offensive line coach you could have a new second I mean I, I think it's I think there's a lot in play over the next few days too I mean I think you're, you're a long way from being done um, but this is going to be this will be a brand new Ohio State program Um, when, when we reconvene in March and and do spring and it will lead to one of the most interesting springs that, that you, that I can recall. I mean, it's, there's going to be a lot going on here this spring. And I do think it was important. I think it was critical that Ryan day had his people. I mean, I think that's, that is critical that, that this program is, is the Ryan day, Ohio state program, because all of the support guys are urban's guys. So I think he needed some of his own identity and individuality in the coaching staff. So I'm glad he's done this.
1: Yeah, I I think to me, this is not a surprise in terms of him doing this. I'm surprised by a lot of the guys that he's brought in and how that's happened. But yes, this is a guy putting his own stamp on the program. This is a guy saying this is not Urban Meyer 2.0. This isn't a, you know. Another guy coming in just trying to be another little Urban Meyer. I'm Ryan Day. This is my team. This is what it's gonna look like. And I respect the hell out of that. That's a that's a gutsy move when you're coming in after a guy who's had as much success as Urban Meyer did at Ohio State and saying, you know what? That was great. All you know, I have all the respect to him. He's done an incredible thing for the university and for myself. But I am going to coach this team in my way and I'm going to mold it in my image. And that is a brave thing to do. Now, if it works out and he's able to win 10, 12 games a season and you know, he continues the level of success that Urban Meyer had, it's gonna be an awesome move on his part. On the other hand, if a lot of this stuff blows up in his face, he's gonna face some heat real fast because people are gonna to wanna to expect that continuation of that urban success whether it's reasonable to expect that or not they're going to expect it and if he can't deliver within a couple seasons he's going to get a lot of heat for being as individualistic as he's been for the past couple weeks
0: here's this was a, something a journalism professor told me when i decided i was going to try to make my living in broadcasting um at the time you know there were some people who would change their name or they would change their voice or mm-hmm. um, you know try to have a shtick or whatever Right. And the professor said to me, he said, he goes, I will give you one piece of advice on that. And that is to be you, because you, if you are going into this profession, you are betting on yourself. And so don't be something you're not when the entire bet is on your talent. And, and I think the same thing is true of coaching. If yeah. Ryan Day, Ryan Day is the head coach at Ohio state, like four years ago, if you told him that he would have told you you were nuts, He's the head coach <laughs> at Ohio state. And he's going to get the, the, the the leash here will be very short and he has to win. And he's following the most successful coach that the program has ever had. And so if you're going to do all of that and take that on, be you, make sure you're you. And so that, and the other thing that's, that's the way you sleep at night, man.
1: You can't live your life trying to live up to, you know, some image that other people have created for you. Like you just got to be yourself and you got to trust that you have the skills to manage and you know the team and and do well and to win games because if you don't then you should be in that position in the first place especially at Ohio State with that much pressure and that much attention on you you better be the kind of person who says I can win a national championship every year because if you're not then you're in the wrong spot it's 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 there's too much pressure there's too much attention for you not to have that attitude and like I said as as crazy as some of these coaching moves has been I respect the hell out of it I think it's awesome so I hope it works out and and more power to ryan day for you know taking these kinds of risks
0: yeah absolutely wild 72 hours uh do we have any ask us anything this week we do
1: and if you guys would like to ask us anything please continue to uh you know send in these really great questions we got a bunch this week uh in before
0: real quick before we get to those uh be sure to visit 11 warriors for dry goods for uh shirts hats stickers and more dry goods at 11warriors.com and don't forget to follow the 11 dubcast on twitter and rate and subscribe on itunes Sir, the floor is yours.
1: So, again, if you want to ask us those questions, go ahead and send them to Dubcast at 11warriors.com or at 11dubcast. Uh, now that we've we've entered the post-urban era, let's let's start with this one. This is from our good friend Alvin. Simple question, uh, five words. Rank Urban's seven OSU teams.
0: Oh, geez. That's uh, a little hard. Well, 14's one, obviously. Yeah, let's um,
1: do let's just do the let's do the seven might be a little difficult. Let's do like the top three or four here.
0: Are we doing most talented or let's do it this way. I mean let's interpret okay. this the way we want. Let's do the most fun teams for us to observe.
1: Yes. All right, perfect. Yes. Okay.
0: So 14 is one. Mm-hmm. Um twelve is two for right. me. And then eighteen is three. Interesting why
1: why, why would you put eighteen over like maybe you know fifteen? well not fifteen, but like fifteen was
0: was awful <laughs> yeah right,
1: I wouldn't put fifteen there either, I agree with
0: that. no, and i didn't I didn't like the way they played offense with j t yeah um thirteen ended the way it ended, i mean, you have to take the whole season, so I loved watching thirteen, but the way it ended was on such a sour note um right. so that's how you get there,
1: man, so if I were doing this, I would, I would agree. I mean, obviously I think you got to put 14 at the top just because not, not just because they won a the national championship, but also because of the whiplash that you felt from the Virginia tech game. Right. Where at the beginning of the season, you're like, this is Johnny. nine and four. Like this is over. And you then start you won with a Braxton hurt. Yeah. Right. Before the season starts. you're Like, yeah, forget this. This isn't worth it. Right. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. that that was ridiculous. Um, 14's got to be at the top. I would, 12, I mean, 12 was really great. And, and the thing about, I mean, 12 was, the only thing that bothered me about 12 is that you don't get to finish the season the way you really want to finish the season. You know what I mean? Because you can't go to a bowl game and all that other crap. And that really sucks. It's not fun. Um, it's tough because some of these teams, like if you look at 2015, obviously you view that as a huge missed opportunity. I loved watching the 2013 team play, but then you lose right on you know, the orange ball to Clemson, and so that's difficult. So, well, I, you know, you I lose to Michigan gotta, State, yeah, right, exactly, which yes. really sucked. That did suck, that was bad. Um, yeah, I think I gotta go with you. I think 18, and then what was your second one again, 12, 12. right. I went 14, 12, Twelve and then, yeah, fourteen. 12. I think I I think I agree with that. You know, I think I talk I talk myself out of the uh of thirteen. I agree with you. I think that's a, that's a pretty good ranking of them. Um, yeah, the Michigan State um, lost
0: in thirteen was just awful.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was really bad. It I mean, really
0: that really team rough. hadn't lost in two years, and you're going to go play Florida State for the national title with a win.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. that was rough. That was really so, rough. So that that would I would say that would be the top 3 for both of us. I would agree with that. Um the other question, well we've got we, I have another one that's really detailed. We might save that for kind of an off-season thing. But this is uh this is from Tim. He wants to know since the playoffs began in 2014, they've mostly been blowouts. Only 2, two out of 10 semifinal games have been decided by 7 points or less. Yeah. I would think that gathering the nation's best teams would give us more competitive games, but that hasn't been the case. So why is that and would going to eight help that
0: going to eight would make it worse because there's <laughs> a difference between right now I, I can't recall a time in college football where the difference between Alabama and sort of Clemson and everyone else is this big right I mean it's a Grand Canyon gap in consistency in greatness Um, you know Buckeye fans uh, you know complaining about Notre Dame getting in they didn't deserve it blah 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 We were Notre Dame two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. We were that. So let's remember that, right? Like those two programs have separated from everybody else. Now, Dwayne Haskins gives you a puncher's chance against anybody. And of course, as a fan, you want a shot. But at the same time, we were Notre Dame. And Clemson and Alabama are different than everybody else. And Alabama is just different even than Clemson. You know, so that's, I just think there's a big, big gap between Alabama and Clemson and everybody right now.
1: Yeah. I don't know that you can necessarily alleviate that by going to eight teams. And I don't know that you're really going to get better results necessarily. I mean, I, you know, recording this on the night of the national championship game, which I'm going to watch out of obligation, but not out of any real expected entertainment (laughs) value. And it's, it sucks. (laughs) Like college football is funny and interesting and cool because it, is so unpredictable. And when you've got a situation where there's been so much predictability in the national championship, that it's really sad. Like, I hate that. I I hate the fact that it's, you know, just such a rote uh, procedural thing that happens at the end of every season. I don't want that. I want to have the kind of, you know, craziness and spontaneity that's exists in the rest of the regular season. Um, I, you can't blame Alabama for being great. You can't blame Clemson for being great. But that's the situation that you're gonna have when you have that kind of discrepancy. And I don't really know how to solve that except for other teams just to be better. And that's it.
0: because if so. you go to a anytime you have a true playoff, the best teams win. That's yeah. why there's never any doubting who's the deserving NBA champion, because they go best of seven three times before the finals. Yeah. So it weeds out the upsets. And the way what we have done in college football with the advent of the college football of the conference championship games, and now with the playoff is you've eliminated the chance for a team like say Colorado or Georgia tech who both won national championships 25 years, well, almost 30 years ago that that will never happen again because those teams get weeded out.
1: Yeah, they do. They do. And that's, I mean, I would like to see the playoffs expand to eight teams because I think, you know, it gives it necessarily. I mean, UCF isn't probably winning a championship through a a major, you know, playoff in that sense, but I still think it's more interesting and more engaging than it would be just to have the same four teams in the playoffs every single year and then put in, you know, two SEC teams and all this other stuff. But regardless, it's, it is really, it really comes down to just talent and winning your games and whatnot. And when you've got a team that this dominant, you know, it, it's boring, but it's it's kind of the end result of having one of the greatest college coaches, maybe the greatest college coach of all time, currently at the helm of this machine of a program that just really just gobbles up five stars and spits out championships. So, you know, it sucks, but it it kind of is what it is. Um all right. So this last one here that we got, this is, this is for me directly. So I, I'm going to treasure it. It's <laughs> it's uh, it's from James angel. He just wants to know what are my thoughts on the new reds off season moves thus far, since I am a, a reds fan, a long suffering reds fan, Uh new manager, plea trade, etc. cetera. Uh, I'm fine with it. I, you know, it's, I, I don't expect them to be contenders. I appreciate that. They no longer, have to have an albatross of a contract around their neck, around, you know, with a guy who's going to go like two and 10, uh, pitching, you know, stuff like that. I don't know that Yasel Puig is going to be that great. I don't know that they're going to give him that big he of was, a booty.
0: He's going to be fun. I'm a Dodgers. I grew up a Dodgers fan. So, yeah, like, yeah. uh, I was saddened to see it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure the Dodgers are going to get Bryce Harper, but like, I'm one of the guys who actually really liked Puig and like the amount of energy and his bounce and the things that you see him do on a nightly basis. Now there's going to be times he's going to frustrate the hell out of you, but every once in a while he's going to uncork a throw from the wall that goes to third without a, without a hop. And every once in a while he's going to hit it, you know, 450 feet and, and it's going to be fun. I mean, he will be must see TV for reds broadcast. Like it's, he's going to make it entertaining again
1: and I can't, I can't complain about that. Like that's, you know, whether he hits 300 and hits, you know, 40 home runs is kind of relevant. I I enjoy the entertainment factor. It's been that way with guys like Gerald Chapman and you know, as long as you've got somebody out there that you want to watch, I think that makes it entertaining. But I'm a huge Joey Votto fan. Joey Joey Votto is one of my top three favorite Reds players of all time uh he hasn't you know he's not going to win him any championships because that's not the way baseball works but i still absolutely love watching every single at-bat that that guy takes uh you know they they brought in uh i think they signed in october they got their uh their new manager david bell who you know pretty unproven he's he came from like the cardinals i believe he worked with the i believe he was with the cubs for a little bit um you know i had his baseball card when i was a kid that's all i know about him Uh, (laughs) but i think he'll be fine i you know the reds aren't going to be contenders anytime anytime soon i just want them to be watchable and i think they've made some moves to make them more watchable so i appreciate that so that's yeah that's where i'm at i you know i want to get out to some games and you know sit the nosebleeds eat some hot dogs and just have a good time that's pretty much all i really expect from the reds i don't expect national you know i don't expect World Series championships and all that stuff. So, be cool to win. A, it'd be cool to win a playoff series, the the first since the like mid nineties. I would enjoy that, but I don't expect anything like that to happen. So,
0: not anytime soon. No, probably. Not. No,
1: no. They've got some good prospects. They, they've done well. They've they've figured out the farm system a little bit. They've they've made it a little more healthy. They got some guys in the pipeline. But it's going to take a few years. Baseball isn't a you know it's not a game where you can just find a guy and develop him for a year and then get him up to the majors and he's going to be great. Like it takes a long time. Joey Votto, for as incredible as he is, didn't really make an impact with the Reds till he was like 26 years old. So it's it's just one of those things that takes a while to to get going. So that's, that's those yes. are my opinions, and uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they win 100 games and then the one World Series and I'll lose my mind, but probably not uh so that's ask us anything thank you guys for writing those in and we will uh, continue to answer them
0: all right buddy good stuff lots of lots of news this week it's been a great <laughs> few days and i expect much more to come we'll be here to keep you posted uh we'll visit again with you next week have a good week everybody